This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we interview artists, curators, art writers, and art advocates about their theory, practice, and current projects. On this week's episode, I've got Inky Brittany in the studio. She's an artist and activist who most recently put together a piece based on one of the first meetings of the new Savannah City Council. Plus, I've got a field note interview with our good friend, Lisa Rosenmeyer. She just moved into a new space down on City Market. So let's get started. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. It is Wednesday at 3 o'clock. This is Art on the Air. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show lined up for you today. Like I mentioned, I've got Inky Brittany in the studio, Brittany Curry in the studio with me today. Hey, hey, everybody. Really glad to have her. And I just want to make a quick correction. The piece that she did about the inauguration or about the Senate Fantasy City Council was actually during the inauguration. It was a it was a piece that was done during the inauguration and and shown to them afterwards essentially it was created so i went to the inauguration and i just basically took extremely good notes about all of the talking points created afterwards and somebody uh, several people helped me arrange to present it at their first uh visioning session that they did you know within i guess 10 days afterwards that's so awesome and i want to talk a lot more about that but before we do that i've got a special top secret guest co-host with me today I think you all know her. I wish I had a drum roll. We'll just have to do the the, the <laughs> table here. Tamara Garvey is here with me today. Hi. Thanks for having me. So happy to have Tamara in the studio. So I went and interviewed her today over at Starland Cafe to talk about let's all pause for a moment and take a good look. Her exhibition of whimsical pen and ink artwork at Starland Cafe, that's 11 East 41st Street, and that's going on through March 10th. And I'm going to actually be broadcasting the field note that I did with her on February 12th's episode. But we were just sitting there talking, and I was like, hey, I don't have a guest co-host today. You want to come and co-host <laughs> with me? And she reminded me I had actually we'd actually talked about her coming on before. And there's I think there's a synergy between your work, too, because both of you use an illustrative style, and yeah. you use a lot of text in your work. And so I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, we're and um, 
Yeah, so Tamara had the week, the afternoon off, and she was gracious to come and join me and Brittany here in the studio for our little chat here. So now I've posted up a lot of images of Brittany's work up on the Art on the Air Facebook page, and you can check them out. You can also go to inkybrittany.com, and that's Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y.com. So you can check that out if you want to get a little bit more of a, a visual component to our to our conversation. But I'm going to give you I'm going to read you her bio and I think you're really good. I'm very excited about this conversation because well, I'll I'll say why after I read this bio because I've got a specific reason I wanted to talk to you today. So, Brittany Curry is a graphic recorder and facilitator who uses pictures and symbols to capture the messages being shared in meetings, conferences, and events of all kinds. She has worked throughout the country with corporations, small businesses, nonprofits, government entities, and institutions of higher learning, and in 2017 was named the named to Georgia Trend Magazine's list of 40 under 40 rising entrepreneurs. Brittany received her bachelor's degree in liberal studies from Georgia College and State University and worked as the coordinator of Oconee, is that my Oconee Area Citizens Advocacy from 2011 through 2016 before launching her business, Inky Brittany. She currently serves on the board of Chatham Savannah Citizen Advocacy and the Safeguarding Citizen Advocacy Statewide Committee. Most recently, she described works for the new Savannah City Council and the 2020 Savannah Traffic Jam, one of Georgia's largest conferences on human trafficking, and that was this past weekend. Welcome, Inky Brittany, to Art on the Air. Thank officially. you so much for the invitation to come on the show. So here's why I'm like so fascinated by what you're doing here. And we're going to talk about how you got involved in all of this. Nowhere in this bio do you say you make art. <laughs> so, I mean, graphic recorder and facilitator, that's a very carefully cultivated term that you're using there. Mm-hmm. And... It, and you talk about using images, but you don't actually say that you're using art. But I, every time, and I was saying before we went on the air, the very first time I saw your work was at Creative Coast maybe two and a half years ago in Coco Pappy's office. And I always thought of it as art. So I'm kind of curious, do you make art? Yes, I do make <laughs> art. And um, one of the mantras of, of visual practice and of graphic facilitation is that it's not about art. It's about communication. It's about um, listening. It's about the art of listening. And visual pictures and imagery and symbols play a huge role in it. Um, but it really is the ability to really synthesize really quickly, like heavy amounts of information into stuff that people are going to see and recognize and relate with in a deeper way than they would if they if somebody just slid them like 10 pages worth of text to read so it's not about art it's about communication and anytime I've ever led a workshop or like taught graphic facilitation I get people to repeat that over and over again (laughs) it almost it sounds almost like um it's like handmade graphic design Kind of. Yes. Yes. And graphic design always kind of implies that there's like a digital element to it. Yeah. So I stay away from saying that. I mean, I can in in smaller ways have done a little bit of that, but that's not the same lane as. Right. And you sent over a video that you did for um, 
an organization that was advocating for complete streets in New York. Remind me yes. of the that the Creating Healthy Schools and Communities Initiative by New York State Department of Health. Right, and so in that you did some work for them, and that was a digital piece. It was a video piece mm-hmm. that you had work within, and they also yes. used interviews, and they also used yes. digital graphics, and it kind of you were a part of a greater whole there. Yes, I want to talk though. Let's take a step back because I think. Many people have probably seen your work. I mean, I you know when I was talking to Tamara at lunch today, I said, oh, I'm going to have Inky Brittany on the show today. Do you, if you want to come. And she's like, oh, who's that? And I was like, I know you know who she is. I know you know her work. And I showed her your website. And right away, she was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was like, so I think a lot of people, if you go to the Art on the Air Facebook page or InkyBrittany.com, they're instantly going to recognize your style here in Savannah. So, but this is, you started doing this back in 2012. And I want to mm-hmm. kind of, Let's talk about how that all mm-hmm. kind of came together because mm-hmm. you just started mm-hmm. – you describe it as you started trying it out. So mm-hmm. how did you – what made you decide, okay, I'm going to start trying to visualize these meetings? Okay, my former job for five years, I was the coordinator of the Citizen Advocacy Office, and my role was to recruit people who would be an ally and a spokesperson for somebody who is surrounded primarily by disability services and what life looks like – when you're living in that world and you don't have any connections to the outside world, it mm. can be pretty lonely at best, I guess, and in downright dangerous if you don't have an ally. So in um, recruiting and trying to offer support to citizen advocates, it was like there's no amount of words, verbiage, and preparation that I can like help to prepare somebody but there was something about being able to um, draw and contrast images of like a dark lonely sort of like prescribed world contrasted next to like a rich full life and um, Mm. also alongside that I went to something called the Toronto Summer Institute in 2012 it's a big learning community for other people who are in the disability advocacy and inclusion field met folks there who for decades have been using visuals integrated into their planning meetings to help people move out of institutions into community. And so I was like, I discovered that graphic facilitation was a real field of practice. Mm -hmm. So you throw those two together, like I'm learning from the outside community. Nobody was really telling me that I couldn't in terms of starting to communicate with people visually and with pictures. Nobody was saying like, you can't do that. That's invalid. And like, that's what I mean when I say I started trying it out. <laughs> well, so did you have like any art background or did you just like doing that kind of thing and you just started doing it? I mean, where did that kind of come from? Where did that spark so, come from? Like I, um, for the entire time that I was in college, I completely put away the side of me that so intuitively draws, doodles, sketches. I've been writing since I could hold a pen. I was always surrounded by art supplies as a kid, mostly as mm-hmm. a way of making me be good and behave in church, <laughs> you know? And so I just always had her. I grew up in my family's business. And um, so, like, having supplies there to, like, keep me busy is that's where I've always done it. Um, but I put it away the whole time that I was in college. No, you know, no art training, no art classes, um, liberal arts, you know. and, and Like a liberal arts education, yeah. Sure, that's what um, helped me learn how to, like, ask questions and think from an interdisciplinary point of view. But um, people are definitely always thinking that I have, like, some art background, and I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I think that's one of the things that I, and I love, because we've had artists on our show that are, you know, have gone through the highest state levels of training and are as refined as can be, and then people that are, you know, literally 
they've they're completely self-taught and we i don't think that that boundary really matters when you're an adult i mean it matters when you're in school and you think like there's something but when you're out in the real world i think you're using your art pretty successfully and it's not really about necessarily like oh i've got this like degree or training or whatever so that doesn't really you know i think that that's and i think that kind of is interesting that artists can come from all that but i do believe in our past, almost everybody's an artist. You know a four-year-old who isn't an artist. Like, children are all <laughs> artists. We lose art. You know what I mean? So it's like everybody has that spark in us. We, like you said, put it away at a certain point. So mm-hmm. now when you started trying this out, what was, like, the initial response? I mean, like, I have to imagine now you're you're doing, like, the inauguration and you're doing these big projects. Like, how was it when you first started and you're like, I'm just going to... I haven't worked on done any really art or anything mm-hmm. like that, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to start trying to communicate right. visually. Well, um, when I was, you know, with the Citizen Advocacy Organization, I um, in the beginning there were a lot of organizations like Georgia Microboards, based in Atlanta, Emergent Savannah, that got mm-hmm. kicked off in early 2015 and went for two or three years. Those were opportunities early on for stuff I was already involved with to put some paper up on the wall, do it publicly. And so it started off with the work that I was already really engaged with in the like inclusion community. And it was those, you know, that first year of having those organizations call on me like repeatedly that was like, well, if I can, you know, if it can be useful here, it can be useful here. People are meeting, meeting, meeting all the time. Mm-hmm. And are people really, after they leave, are they really accessing everything that they, like, are they stay, do they have what they need to access to stay on track? Or is it just all going to evaporate into thin air? Like, what's the point of all this meeting? <laughs> No, I think that's a really good point. And it, on your website, you kind of talk about like what does what is graphic recording, and you have a section where you say after the meeting, and like what is the point of like you know what is the value of this, and you kind of mention that the the diagram that you put together, the piece that you put together, can be rolled up, and then like you can revisit it, like say a year later, like and check that you're making the benchmarks that you're trying to do as an organization. But what I think is really particularly interesting, you're talking about emergent Samana, and if you look at your resume, there's like Deep Center and and organization. Well, why don't we talk about Deep Center? Because I love Deep Center, so I just want to talk about Deep Center really quick. Let me just say, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hustler here with my special in-studio guest co-host, Tamara Garvey. And our in-studio guest today is Inky Brittany. So talk about working with an organization like Deep Center. And then I want to talk a little bit about broader about the clients that you do work with. So talk a little bit about Deep Center. So I've worked with Deep Center for the last... I did a meeting with them really early on, but for the last two years, I've had kind of a partnership with them when they do their community conferencing series in the springtime, and I'll be there listening and capturing. And um, I love that they want to make graphic facilitation um, available. I love that they're 
um, continually, like they didn't just see it one time and they're like, oh, great, people have seen it. They want to continuously expose the writers to it and, again, show them that this is a valid way of communication. I mean, so many people, um, they're, well, I already do this. I'm such a visual thinker. I'm already doodling in my notes when I'm in class. And so um, that program is all about like really pushing people to be provocative and write about, you know, all kinds of really, you know, serious and important topics. And so for them to constantly be exposing to and last year, I um, the second time around, I was like, yes, let's do I was talking to Keith Miller. I was like, let's do this partnership again. And can we open it up to see if there's a handful of people that would be interested in learning the skill of graphic facilitation Mm. so that when we break up into seven and eight different tables, it's not me being selected and paired with one table, but that we've got people. So and and there were people where it kind of caught on, you know, I did develop some really great relationships out of it. um, But I hope and I I have a feeling that that's going to just continue. Well, and Deep is so great about attempting and working with innovative ways to communicate with people. I was at their policy briefing that they did at the end of last year, and they essentially created like a role-playing game where you lived the life of a young, a youth, sort of an underprivileged youth in Savannah, and you went through their process of like going through life and the difficult situations that they were in with like you know maybe broken families or difficult school situations or whatever it might be and you like literally went from table to table so there was like and and i mean you had like city officials and like lawyers and all of these different people literally standing up and playing a role-playing game to like learn more about the topic and there is no way you couldn't have come out of that impacted Mm -hmm. because of the way that they engage people. So I think it's interesting and it makes a lot of sense that they would invite someone like you in who's looking at things maybe in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of tag that to a broader topic and I because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the work that you did in Flint, Michigan and, Mm -hmm. and around water there. But some people may have seen graphic recording and that style used in maybe corporate settings. I've seen some videos where there's some of that kind of use um, to sort of communicate things. But if you look at your resume, the thing I think is fascinating is that you're doing a, and it's it's successfully doing this with a lot of advocacy. Pat Gunn was my guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about, and she just opened the Savannah Gallery on Slavery and Healing, and Pat Gunn is one of my Savannah heroes. And she brought used a topic called Artivist, which was this combination between being an artist but really putting what the message is in front of what you're actually doing. And and as I've been, like, researching you, I kept that – that concept kept coming into my mind because you're not just, like – you know, you're not doing projects for X corporate environment, you know, that is exploiting workers in some third world country. You're doing projects that have a real powerful and deep meaning. So talk a little bit about that and sort of how you forged your career around those um, advocacy issues. Well, I really always, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a broadcast journalist. That was my dream always, is to be a journalist, a writer, just fiercely. And um, so I feel like well, a lot of what I do is making those public stories. And, and I want my my work to 
reflect really like the pulse of a community from every compartment of of economics and commerce to what's happening in health, jails, public school systems, private stuff. I've been called on to work for organizations that I'm not necessarily ideologically aligned with all the time, but I love um, being able to just, you know, I want the work to really reflect what's happening um, just like from my angle and my style from many different mm-hmm. compartments of community. And um, because I started in, you know, advocacy, developmental disability, inclusion, that's always been the chunk of the, that's always been a huge bulk of the work. And I I want to keep it that way. And I want to keep, you know, building on it and innovating in, specifically in that field. Cause that's just what I first got the most passionate about, I guess, before I, tapped into and unpacked this like visual stuff i wanted to yeah go ahead um, ahead. it sounded like you said when you first started off it all it was almost like you were just volunteering in this meeting like you just had this idea oh i'm gonna synthesize the information visually and you just volunteered to do it and i was curious how that transitioned into it being your job and people actually paying you and like valuing it enough and hiring you for it well luckily like in the a lot of the organizations in atlanta microboards georgia advocacy office a couple of people that um work with georgia vocational rehab we would all go to like conferences together once or twice a year and so it very much started off with oh we need to get you to come to atlanta and so for a long time i was going to atlanta back and forth once or twice a month and between that emergent savannah um Georgia College was hiring me because I was still in Milledgeville at the time. And it was those organizations up front that were consistently asking for it. And, like, you think about every time you get in a room with an audience of either 20 or 200 people, there's going to be people that come up to you afterwards that want to be like, let's exchange business cards. And Mm. I have been so super intentional about trying to, at least, as systematically as absolutely possible, following up with people with personalized you know, super personalized follow-ups to say, like, thank you for your interest and your enthusiasm in my work. And that is what grew into this people going back and be like, we got to have this at our retreat. We got to have this at our strategic planning. Like, this is, you know, we have to have this. That's a great question, Tamara, because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, most of our listeners are artists. And, you know, that personal, making that personal connection, because as artists, you know, we'll have, you know, people come to a show and they'll say, oh, I really love your work or they're you know and it's easy and it and i will tell you i've bought works from people or i've tried to buy works from people and they won't like literally don't respond to me or won't get back and that's like (laughs) it's such a simple but really critically important thing to building a network is like responding you wouldn't even believe the power in um so like one thing people know that's sort of missing today is somebody taking the time to write you a handwritten card. Yeah. You know, and, and not only that is um, just a nice gesture, but it's very strong Southern cultural code as well. And you would not believe the response to people when they, you know, unexpectedly open up a card a few days later that reflects like what we talked about hopefully presents some next steps I mean it just keeps the ball rolling it's fun and enjoyable for me to do so that's a huge like this you didn't really necessarily ask me this question but that is something that a lot of people don't really realize about the strategy behind how I have you know made it for as long as it's been going on go on well and it's i'm going to give a shout out right now to jessica lee lebos because she sent me a thank you card shout out yeah. jessica lee lebos <laughs> so, yeah she was on the show last week and she sent me a uh you know a thank you card and i mean I, you know in all the time that i've been doing the show i've received i think two or three thank you cards one was from her and 
most people know who Jessica Lee Lebos is. Like she's kind of an she's an established person in Savannah. And another card that I received that I can remember is from Catherine Sando, who is one of the biggest artists in Savannah. So like it's not from the people who are up and coming. Like she, Catherine Sando does not need to send me a thank you letter. Like, but that's and I think that's something that that's just the way she does things. And I think that that's a that's a really important message. So I want to transition though from that and. You know, we've got about five minutes until we got to take our our mid show break, and I really want to talk about the the work that you did for Flint, Michigan, because in Flint, Michigan, because I was looking at your website. If you go to inkybritney dot com and you scroll down through the work section, you'll see the image of the graphic recording that you did. And it was with uh, with Michigan State, right? Yes, their Flint campus. Okay, with their Flint campus. And one of the things that I notice about it is like if you're scrolling through it, and this is true of a lot of your work, you're dealing with very heavy subject matter in a lot of ways. But I was like, it's kind of fun. You know, I'm like seeing it and I'm like, you know, but you see the word Flint, Michigan, and who doesn't think the water crisis? Like the, yeah. the very first thing you think of. Right. But it's not like... It made me want to read it, not, oh, my God, I don't want to have to read another thing about this horrible situation. So talk about working on that project and then also about how you utilize your style to make sure that you're not just, you know, alienating the visual, the, the, uh, the viewing audience. So that work unfolded from there was a around 2016, 2017, Robert Wood Johnson's national campaign called Invest Health. And through uh, being invited to scribe some of their convenings, I met an incredible woman named Dr. Deborah Furholden. She's the head of the public health division on Flint campus. She was very touched by seeing graphic recorded for the first time, invited me to come to Flint, I think two times within one month it was like back-to-back trips and what I'll say about that trip is um, I really enjoyed how I I wasn't just in one conference room or in one room she had me uh, you know doing a lunch for the Bloomberg Health Initiative which is mega billion dollar to fund responses to the Flint water crisis okay so that was during the day Um, at nighttime we went to the Genesee County I don't want to call it recreational department, but community center and heard Mm -hmm. from citizens, from people of all ages who live there and who experienced knocking on people's doors, taking them bottled water to make sure that they had clean drinking water. The next day I was at a camp with youth, with young women, shout out to Dr. Deb's daughter, Livia. She was running a a summer camp and I went there and taught graphic facilitation for the day. Mm. These were like 12, 13, 14 year old young women. It was incredible. They were like, we're going to have an exit interview because it was the last day of their camp. And so I had an, I got to graphic record the exit interview of people ages kindergarten through probably seventh or eighth grade, given their feedback about what would make the camp. I mean, it was just like, it was brilliant. These kids just holding the whole public process. I was, so that was the coolest thing about that trip was that I was in a, a wide variety of different settings and she wanted to make the most out of that trip and not just be, you know, like in a singular, you know. Yeah, well, role. and what's so cool is people will listen to kids. Like you, I was, I was actually, there was the video that was put together with the Creating Healthy Schools and Communities um, for up in New York. And, and there was a, an incident where they bring the kids, they, they they gather all the ideas from the kids and the kids say like, well, what they what would help them. And then like the, the people, the decision makers in the city are all like, oh, okay, well, the kids are asking us to do this. We'll think about it and it. make some difference. Is, and that's what's, that's so amazing about that. Yeah, the kids got it. The kids don't have to unlearn all the stuff. Right, yeah. and they'll speak straight from the heart. And also, yeah. I think, you know, we're inclined to 
you know, there isn't all of the, oh, I mean, you know, Savannah's a small town. So there's a lot of, you know, there's politics like that kind of go into a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. And when you have kids, like, they're, there's a certain, like, innocence. I don't know. There's some, for some reason, I think people are willing to look, to listen to kids saying the same thing that maybe some adults are and actually do it because the kids are asking mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very powerful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, we've got a few more minutes here. So I want to talk, uh, I want to circle back to, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the Creating Healthy Schools and Communities mm-hmm. project mm-hmm. because Complete Streets is something that Savannah has talked a little bit about. Mm-hmm. I know that John Bennett, who used to be the director of it was um, uh, it's now Bike Walk Savannah, but it was a Savannah bicycle campaign when he was there. And Paula Chrysler, who is the the head of Healthy Savannah, that's a big part of what they're doing. So I kind of wonder, like you if you're working on that up in New York, you must know what's going on here with that kind of stuff. Um, I did when I was. The beginning of when I mentioned the Robert Wood Johnson Invest Health Campaign, Healthy Savannah and Paula Chrysler, that was a huge starting point. And she knows that everything that has sort of happened for me after that came from um, them seeking grant money. You know, I don't know that I really am as plugged in or as in the know as you might think. Um, I do know that with the Chisk Initiative up in New York, I was exposed to a whole lot of one of the groups I think was called Walk Walk America and um, several statewide initiatives for people that were leading those things, the Department of Transportation. I mean, it's just cool to see all the, if there's one hot vocabulary phrase that I'm hearing in these meetings, it is the word break the silos. You ever heard that? Oh, I hear it all the time oh, here. break the silos. And I kind of interpret that to mean that sort of people are working in their ivory towers. Like we've got these people over here not communicating over here. The CHISC initiative is whenever it seemed like all those committees, the transportation department, the public health people, the education people, they were, you know, all together communicating. So, And that can happen sometimes, too. The Savannah Shines program, I thought, was a pretty good yes. example of that. They built that park at the corner of Delesseps and Hickory or Delesseps and Cedar Avenue in the Edgemere between the Edgemere and Sackville neighborhood right next to the Truman Parkway. And I see they did a great job on that park and I see kids playing on it now. And there's and of all different ages and different races. And it's like that was a and there was nothing like that for those kids over there before. Mm -hmm. And that brought together many, many uh, city services to kind of collaborate on a single project Mm -hmm. where maybe before they would have all been operating Mm -hmm. separately. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we're going to delve a lot more into the issues that relate to the Savannah community with our in-studio guests, Inky Brittany, Brittany Curry. I am Rob Hustler with my special in-studio guest, co-host Tamara Garvey. You're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. Going to play a quick couple of messages, and when we return, more Inky Brittany. This portion of WRUU Savannah Soundings programming is brought to you by listeners and the 2020 Savannah Music Festival, presenting classical artists Dover Quartet, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra with Andre Watts, performance Today's Piano Puzzler with Fred Child and Bruce Adolph, Escher String Quartet, Camille Thomas, and more. Additional information can be found at the savannahmusicfestival.org. Welcome back into the studio. I am Rob Hessler, your host here for Art on the Air. 
I wanted to mention what we've got going on for the next couple of weeks because I got a really great lineup over the next three weeks that um, I think you're going to want to tune in. Next week, I've got H. Gene Thompson from Pittsburgh, the current OnView artist in residency over at Sulphur Studios, coming in to talk about the Rainbow Connection project. Plus, I'll have a field note with Kelly Bamer to talk about her show at Cedar House Gallery. On February 12th, I'll be airing my sit-down interview with Amy Pleasant from Laney Contemporary, as well as the extended field note with Tamara Garvey from Starland Cafe that we conducted earlier today about her exhibition that's going on there now. And on February 19th, I'm really pleased to announce that I'm going to have Erin Westling from W Projects in the studio with me to talk about public art and what she's been doing, what she's been up to. She just played a major role in putting together the Pulse Art and Technology Festival. Plus, I really think she's actually pretty brilliant about policy and and how art and how you get art done here in Savannah, specifically public art. So I think that's going to be a really great great conversation and then we're going to end the show today and i mentioned this in the intro but i want to mention again the today's show is going to end with my with my field note interview with lisa rosenmeyer from her new studio space down in city market so i think you're gonna want to stay tuned for the entire rest of this episode to listen up for that but let's get back to my interview here with inky Brittany, and again i've got my special in-studio guest co-host tamara garvey here as well and tamara you had a question that you wanted to ask yes Brittany, so well i'm so fascinated by the idea that you just kind of like created this whole art field on your own it's amazing to me and i was oh that's so that's the farthest <laughs> thing from the truth I well, think you have put your own spin on it, though, I will say. Well, I mean, there. I just have to say there's a whole society of, of independent practitioners yeah. out there that, that do graphic recording, and I am certainly... It just sounds like you just decided one day in a meeting, you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this well, pictorially. It spoke, it spoke right to, you know, what yeah. I just do really It seems like it's almost primal, like cavemen and cavewomen drawing on the walls to <laughs> disseminate information. I love that. It is, this and is that's primal why feeling. It's, it's funny every time when people are like, you know... People just as many visually or graphically skilled people that are out there, few of them are applying this applying it in this way, like in our area. Yeah. But there's loads of people in the practice. But I don't wanna I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I, so I just I wanted to ask if you um from you know, now that you've been doing so many meetings and your your work is so sophisticated, if there were particular like symbols that you stumbled upon creating that you realized just like encapsulated a lot like particular symbols that you use a lot and are really helpful. Yeah, that's a yes. great that's a great question. Yes, so they're in our visual vocabulary. Yeah, that's, that's kind of wondering. what graphic <laughs> recorders would say that there are certainly a whole lot of I mean a lot of since mine have been in like community building and public health has been two of the main sectors where I've been in. There's tons of scenes where I'm constantly drawn all the time. All of my work for the Chisk initiative in New York was a lot of those little scenes and little scenarios of kids in healthy school environments um, Mm -hmm. or being active outside. And um, so certainly there's a whole lot of repeat images. And I'll also say, though, that the past weekend at the Savannah Traffic Jam, if you took and rolled out the 2019 scroll paper from Traffic Jam and this year's, there's not as much there's not as much duplication as one might think. And I think that's because they do a really good job of changing up and introducing new speakers and different topics but so it's a little bit of both well that's so that i think that's a great transition in here to talking about sort of local community here because you did do savannah traffic jam 2020 Mm -hmm. which is you know all about the 
the issue of human trafficking. You did it in 2019 as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's, you know, I love the sort of the advocacy component of what you do. So talk about that event because that was this past weekend and I'm really curious to see, like, how does, how do you feel like your work is, you're hired to do a job, but you're also, you're also sort of helping the cause. So how did that Mm -hmm. kind of work this past weekend and then in general, sort of how do you kind of think of that? I think I can answer maybe the second part of that, which is you're trying to, when you're doing this as your full time job and you're trying to think like what are the next five and ten years going to look like realistically. I'll say this: it's really nice to have every year. I have like sort of a swing of oh, this happens in February, this happens in June, you know. So I'm able to almost feel like I'm on a schedule because I'm doing so many, you know, annual stuff for the same occasions, which is which is nice, and then. I'm like, I want this to work for the greater good and the big good of the community, but I also want this to work for me, too. I, want, mm-hmm. I also want this to take care of me, and I don't want people to see it as a fun add-on, and I don't want people to see it as something extra and superfluous. I want it for, for everybody, it's part of Mayor Johnson's huge, um, all the pillars of his campaign speech, one of the big principles was transparency, and there's a huge... Uh, push in today's culture around accessibility. And so I want people to know that this is a way that is going to put them on the sharp edge to communicating with their audiences and that they do need it in the room. And so, well, so that was this a, is all over the map way of answering your question. No, but like I'm so I'm curious about this because people are using you know you you talk about how like people can return to this and let's talk about you you mentioned mayor johnson mayor van johnson the and we talked about the piece that you did for the inauguration so you're capturing a meeting or an event and you have to capture it accurately because it people are looking at it and you're saying communicating information that information needs to be truthful to what happened because people are relying on that as being the thing that happened. So, like, when you look at the inauguration, I know I noticed you had the big table, and that was a huge part of Mayor Johnson's speech metaphor, about bringing... whole speech was about that Beautiful metaphor. speech, yeah. by the way. And for those of you who haven't heard it, you can find it online. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful... It was a wonderful speech. But it's like, you have to... People are going to look at that, and they're going to say, this is what happened, I mean, you got to feel some pressure there, right? We could have an enti- we could we could record an entire speaking hour on the nuances of interpretation. What is my role? Especially because that wasn't a, something that I was commissioned to do or hired to do. That was something that I wanted to give to the council. I've worked with several of them in the past. They've supported my work. They've already hired me to do graphic recording, so they already you know believe in in the power of having that as part of the public processes. So. It's like, what role do I have, especially if I'm being hired by a client and then or not and then people's interpretation of it. And we're like, oh, you didn't include this. Like I illustrated a Connect article a couple of months ago. I literally translated, I think, nine. I, there was like 90, there would maybe have been like 2% of that article that I did not include in the graphic. And, you know, it came up, you know, well, this wasn't mentioned. And it is mentioned in the article, but that's what I mean around the nuances of interpretation. Yeah, and that's This what is was... a huge conversation I have been having with myself and others <laughs> for the last two weeks. Some of it related to the inauguration mural, um, you know, 
Ah, see, now that's what I like what you just said. You said inauguration mural. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that puts you firmly in the art yes. category. I've been trying to get back to that this whole time. That, it, is, <laughs> so. it is what it is. It is what it is. They are these like commemorative tribute murals. They are. Yeah, and I use that image that Brittany sent to me for the cover image for the of Facebook event for her appearing on the show. So if you haven't seen that, you can go to the Art on the Air Facebook page and you can see that image. You can go to Inky Brittany. I don't think it's actually up on Inky Brittany yet, is it? Is no, it on, it's, it's not, not on, on my website, website yet. but it is on my Instagram page. And okay. Facebook page. And what's your Instagram? Uh, at Inky Brittany. Okay. And the Facebook <laughs> is Inky Brittany too. No space there, by the way, for the yeah, Facebook thing. Word. Not that that would what, matter too much. What materials do you use when you work? Um, I have these markers called Neuland markers. They're made specifically for and by graphic recorders. I should have brought oh. one with me to show you, but um, they are refillable so when they run out of ink you're not constantly throwing away your markers you just order refill ink and they have a little nib on them to keep them from rolling off the table like if I take a regular marker it'll just go flying off the table Um, so the Neuland markers are really the top like product for graphic recorders and then the paper I'm so ticked off that one of my favorite paper products went out of stock for a long time at Blick. We're so spoiled to have Blick here. Yeah. And when the when it came back in stock, the paper is now um, like not as heavy. It's transparent. And boy, was I upset. Oh my God. Um, is it a big roll? Yeah. It's like, like a, a it's like a 15 foot long, 30, 30 foot tall scroll paper of mm. just scotch banner paper. So now what I'm using is this... Um, four foot tall 12 foot long art craft paper that you can just get at like off depot or okay. wherever yeah because when they change things like that you you notice it and make you a notice it and and the, since i've been in there all the papers are in there now they're all open so i know other people are getting upset about it too. <laughs> like they're digging oh into them every so now. Funny. but then the other thing and i'll uh finish the question or finish round out but the blue painter's tape oh yeah keeps keeps me in business oh my well they you keep them in business is <laughs> what you i love that it's you just need like your three things it's awesome i picture you with a little suitcase traveling around yeah. so i'm i'm kind of curious i mean like you you said you've worked with some of the savannah city council and and, and such you've worked with emergent savannah and we've had you know I, I've, I've had tom kohler on the show before and i've had aj on the show a million times he's been on he was actually my special guest co-host when i had pat gunn on so i've you know i know some of the old the, the folks from emergent and you know, how do you kind of like think of yourself though? And we, you know, as an activist, I mean, like, I know you're doing it as a job, hmm. and to a certain extent, like as an artist, like I am an activist as a job. But then I also like show up at city council meetings and get angry about something, <laughs> or like I'll go to an MPC meeting, or I'll try to, hmm. you know, fight a zoning change or something right. like that. Right. That is like separate from the work that. Hmm impacts Mm -hmm. the activism so i kind of wonder like where does the is there a line between Mm -hmm. those things for you well um i you can see from the work projects that i've been mostly involved with that they a lot of them are around social justice you know topics and i am no longer in like a paid staff capacity role with citizen advocacy, but I'm on the board here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been anybody's advocate officially sort of, because when you're the coordinator, that's not your role is to advocate for people. It's to recruit and support other people. Um, I su- try, do my best to support that work ongoing here in Savannah and um, basically in relationships in my own life with people who I know haven't experienced having a lot of typical friendships and relationships um 
So that's where I think it shows up the strongest for me. My own activism is present, like, in the relationships with people that I have in my life. Mm. And I want the majority of the the public work. That's what I hashtag all the time is public work because that's what I want my work to reflect. And not, you know, spend the whole time. Certainly it's fun to be hired by, like, the bigger corporate stuff is really exciting. But not – it's never made up the majority of my work. So. Right, right. Well, I think on that note, it's time to get to our final segment of the show, Three Big Questions. And now it's time for Three Big Questions with your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler, your host for Art on the Air and WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. My in-studio guest co-host this week is Tamara Garvey. And these three big questions are coming at Inky Brittany, Brittany Curry here. And I'm going to start, as always, with the question that my wife asked because (laughs) she's my wife and she gets to go first. So, and I love this. I know I can't stand it when people are over the shoulder how do you deal with folks who like to hover and do they sometimes try to micromanage your direction? If so, how do you maintain your independence as an artist with that pressure? I was thinking about that because you have people who are like there with you. How? What is, okay, you're laughing. I see your face. Uh, the best scenario was I went by middle school principal called me one day. I haven't seen him like 15 years. And he's like working in a different school in South Carolina, inviting me to come do a huge tribute mural. And so there's this picture of me working and there's cones behind me and all the little children are sitting down on the floor. And I'm like, this is the most perfect perfect scenario you know to be to have cones dividing me and I didn't want them to feel I don't want to be too uh, you know partitioned away uh, but especially like during the TEDx presentations mm-hmm. I'll never again scribe close to a crowd this year I was up by the the AV booth that's the way to do it, y'all. I mean, at, at an event just like that. So, do they come? They get like right up around you. Well, mm-hmm. if you if I set myself up, which I have plenty of times before, in a place where people come up and they're like, "Oh my God, I love what you're doing," and, <laughs> or they'll come up and start talking to, they'll ask me a question, and I'm using my supersonic deepest listening to you know. So it does. It gets kind of funny, and I'm not gonna lie. I've had my feathers ruffled before but it's all how i set myself up you know i yeah. have to think about those things beforehand well and it's that's a learning process too yeah. it's just yeah. like as you're getting becoming more of a professional like you develop yes. your if i've ever if anybody have ever snapped at you while you were trying to talk to me then i am <laughs> deeply sorry and i've tried to learn to set up those like boundaries <laughs> yeah now. you're like a special painting at a museum where they need a little rope they need a little space around the painting. Yeah, and I should actually just mention that really quickly, too, is that Inky Brittany is going to be doing TEDx here in Savannah this year. Again, you've done it the last three years in this a row. Will this will be year. the fourth year in a yeah. row. And I, I saw you sent me over a picture with one of my friends. Robin Williams is actually a, a friend of mine, my neighbor. He's a great, great guy, actually. He, he and his wife, um, I, I, I just love them. They're, and yes. he's he is the foremost expert on historic pavement, pavement probably in the entire world. He sure is. I would love to. Maybe I should try to get him on the radio show sometime. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Do you have a question or should I ask yeah, him? Okay, I go ahead. I was wondering where you like to go in Savannah to feel inspired. 
Oh, I ride my bike mostly every day all around Forsyth Park. The square's on Bull Street. Um, I really like the route from B Road to 52nd to B Road over to like the Whole Foods and riding my bike in those directions. That is just... Brave going. of you to take your bike out. Barnard Street, Mailbox Cafe. I mean, that's where I'm hanging a lot. And I don't know. If that, <laughs> that's what provides my daily scenery and I think inspiration. Okay. Oh, I was just, uh, that That reminds me of the the sad the sadness that I'm feeling today at the loss of the $3 million grant that was going to oh, go to the Truman Linear Trail. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I do want to talk about it. Let's and talk about loss, it. And what a shame it is um, that everybody now is you know why we're fighting for public dollars like there's crumbs so i will say this is that uh, susie chisholm was a guest on our radio show long long ago and she did the sculpture of the runner that's the at the park of lake mayor she did that sculpture in 2008 and so when i was gonna have her on the show i did her some research about her and i came across this article from 2008 about her sculpture being installed and it said in the article it was like they're installing this sculpture because soon to come, the new Truman Linear Trail that's going to go from May- Lake Mayor all the way to downtown. You have no that idea. That was 12 years ago, <laughs> people. 12 years. Hey, that, soon that's is been. a very fuzzy word. And they, they really just cut the $3 million that was going to be. Now, I think tied to town with this Sploss money will still have some impact on our on our riding and walking trails. But, um, well, look, you know what? I Unfortunately, we are out of time here. And we'll just call that that the third and final question there, my my Truman linear trail lamentation here. But um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much, Inky Brittany for coming on the show today. You can find more information about her Inky Brittany on Facebook, on Instagram and Inky Brittany.com. Brittany Curry, Inky Brittany. Thank you for being thank on the show. Thank you so today. much. It is such a favor and a huge opportunity to, to come and talk about graphic facilitation and really enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Tamara Garvey for sitting in the studio here today as my special guest co-host. Thanks for having me. This was fascinating. We're going to finish the episode today with my interview with Lisa Rosenmeyer down at city market in her new space. So I hope that you enjoy that. And that's all the time that we've got for this week's episode of art on there. We'll talk to you next week where i am excited again to mention that i'm going to have hg thompson in the studio plus my field note with kelly bamer but here is lisa rosenmeyer talk to you next week rob hessler here with art on the air field notes i'm with lisa rosenmeyer and we're in her new studio space down at city market how's it been going so far lisa uh it's been amazing i've been uh, adapting to the new space uh, getting stuff up on the walls. Uh, we'll be having my grand opening on February 8th, where everyone can actually see it really how it's hopefully going to function. Uh, I've really been enjoying having the people come by and poke their head in and see what I'm up to. Uh, anyone can always come by uh, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and chat, see me painting live. I'll always have something on my easel. I'm an artist that does not sit still. <laughs> And so the address, of course, is 308 West St. Julian Street, and it's right upstairs from Pie Society. And actually, I can smell the delicious Pie Society oh, right now. Oh, yes, yes. And next door to our good friend Brian McGregor, so that's cool. And I see right now you've got on your easel, How to Catch a Man, a Mermaid, uh, reading a book here. So talk a little bit about that. I'll put up a couple pictures, too. This piece, basically, it's kind of uh, across on a couple of different things. One, it's a little bit of referring to some of the stuff that's going on in our current pop culture society with a lot of young ladies, you know, 
toddler all the way up to adult women who were like, oh, I love mermaids and having this just crazed about this. But then at the same time, they're also like, how do I keep a man? And so it's, that's part of it. But there's mm -hmm. also a play on, well, men go fishing and they read how to catch fishing books. So this mermaid has decided that she's going to get educated on how to catch a man. <laughs> right, so turn the tables a little bit. We were talking before we went on the air how you kind of have a mix of work up here. You have those where your particular type of humor, which I love yeah. in your work, and you've got some of those and you've got some more traditional work. So just talk a little bit about the contrast between those two things that you've got going on in your studio. Um, well, the contrast between the two is really kind of a contrast with my own self as an individual. I mean, if you get a look at me, most people think I'm, you know, middle-aged soccer mom, you know, who bakes awesome brownies. I do bake awesome brownies, but I'm not a soccer mom. I'll be and, the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so I do just sometimes aesthetically like things that are pleasing to the eye. Or I like to challenge, like I have this series I have on the wall, it's called Glassworks, where I'm using the difficulties of painting glass and stuff and challenging myself on those levels. And I just do them in a way to where I crop it a little bit to where it's still a little quirky like me, but it doesn't really have much super humor or meanings to them. Well, and I, you know, you mentioned that and I think that the, there's just technical expertise here. There's yeah. a, I, I'm going to post a couple of these images up on the Art on the Air Facebook page here and you've got the, a couple of prints here and yeah. actually the panning of a jar of marbles and then a glass with sort of condensation on it. And I think it's interesting because like, the style of what you've got going on with that glass, which is very realistic versus like all the bubbles you have in the water and everything. Yeah. It's like you almost shift stylistically between the two as well. Um, a little bit. The, the colors still stay a bit vivid, vivid. Mm -hmm. and everything, if you look at it, still has an outlining to it. That's very characteristic of my work. I've had people come up and go, you outline your work. It's like, yes. They go, is that intentional? Yes, <laughs> that is part of my style. Well, so, and you can see because like this, this mermaid yeah. here doesn't have the outline yet. Like, Not yet. Kind of working on that still. Yeah, still, still got to get that part in. Since I don't work over the weekend, that's my time to regroup or even to go out with my camera and photograph stuff mm -hmm. because I work from photography because it's, you know, especially when I'm doing animals, where I have this bear lifting a, a bunny, a bunch of bunnies lifting a bear. One of my favorite pieces and, of yours, I will say. Thank you. Thank you. I love that one. Um, it'd be really hard to get them to hold that position. So I'll take images myself. So mm -hmm. on weekends, if you see me around Savannah and stuff with a camera, you know I'm gathering research. And if I approach you in the streets, it means I want you to be a model. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, I noticed here also, uh, what's going on with all the shoes? Because there are seven yeah. paintings on the wall yeah. that have various shoes and such. Actually, this is what's left over from an exhibit that I did. I did a series called A Mile in My Shoes. And it showed at Sentient Bean. And they're so vibrant and fun. I mean, yeah. like, there are a lot of, it's just like, you know, you can see them right inside of the windows of your gallery space here yeah. at City Market. So it's really like kind of inviting. Oh, Especially because, you know, good. like a lot of people that's... who are coming here to Savannah, they've been walking around all yeah. over town. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. And that's, you know, we have a big running community as well. Yes, in that's Savannah. right. I know you're involved in that. And right. everything. And it was one day when I came home after a run myself and I kicked off my shoes and I was looking at that and I was like, huh, I wonder what everybody else's stuff looks like. And so I kind of started, you know, bothering people <laughs> and would like 
If oh, I was so friends, that must be a sweaty footprint. It's a sweaty there footprint. The, yeah. Okay, so there's a pair of running shoes on a on wood flooring, and then there is a outline of a footprint next yes. to it. And so that is not a um, clean foot. That's a that's, <laughs> that's a sweaty a foot. That's a sweaty foot. Very had... cool. See, that's like what I talk about with your work. Like I love that there's. Like, that's kind of humorous to me. There's always yes. that little... There's a lot of times there's a little element of humor yeah. in your work. Yeah, I have another one. It's over on a tile floor. If you look at it closer, there's a bunch of little pennies. And that particular mm. runner was prone to picking up pennies on the run. Oh, And okay. so afterwards, they're like cleaning out their pockets or whatever. They've stashed these pennies, and they were taking off their shoes. And so I was like, that perfectly represents you. <laughs> Very nice. Well, we're kind of talking about work that is a little bit, you know, sort of more humorous, more lighthearted. But I also yeah. noticed that you've got on your wall here the National Association of Women Artists um, certificate with yes. your name on it here. And this is the 100-year anniversary of women's suffrage is yes. 2020. So, yes. um, And you have this in a pretty prominent position. So would you like to say anything about that? Yeah, I was really, really Honored in November, I was brought into the organization. It's a juridian process where you have to get accepted. Prestigious women, such as like Mary Cabot and stuff, have been mm -hmm. members of this organization where not only is it all about women artists, but it's also women artists helping support other women artists to go out there and have our voices and be heard. Of course, the women in the beginning during the suffrage movements and stuff, of course, had a lot harder, but we need to make sure that we don't stop using our voices so that we don't ever fall backwards. Right. And the, and the fight isn't over. There's still yeah. plenty, plenty to be concerned about. Wage gaps, <laughs> things like that, that we, yeah. can, we could talk about on another episode of Art on the Air. Oh, yes. <laughs> but for now, I just want to mention, um, that's, really, that's really wonderful, and you can see that certificate here at Lisa's Gallery again. Lisa and Rosa Meyer's grand opening of her studio will be February 8th from 2 to 6 p.m. at 308 West St. Julian Street. That's upstairs from Pie Society right next to Brian McGregor's studio. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on Art on the Air today. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming by. It's been a pleasure. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.